that one or go out there on the playground and just go out there and play and be a kid for a little bit instead of being here. Anybody? You want to go out there with me? Because I'm all about that. That'd be fun. Me and Sean are going to be out there. The rest of you old folks can just stay in here. Yeah. Hey, so I do want to talk to you tonight. Just, uh, I want to just share um, just something that is uh, just kind of just God's been doing in my heart and my life. I saw that video, and I was like, man, that's just what it's all about, isn't it? That Jesus has invited us into this abundant life. And oftentimes, we instead live restricted lives. We live obligated lives. We live consumed lives. Lives full of worry and insecurity and doubts. And we allow our circumstances and our feelings and our emotions. And we allow the way people speak to us or what's in front of us to dictate how we live our lives. And God wants us to live lives full of freedom and full of joy. He wants us to walk through this life aware of his presence in every moment, free to be engaged in the things that he's doing, that he's got eternal work that is happening on a regular basis that's right there in front of you, and he's saying, I want you to be a part of it. That in a moment, you could be in a grocery store, and you're just checking out, and it's a moment of destiny for you to connect with a person and be engaged in their world, that they're sitting there just waiting in their hearts, praying for somebody to recognize them, and God placed you there for that moment. But you got to be free to see it. you got to be free to step into it. There's moments where everything just seems to be so heavy and so just much that you don't know what to do. And so you just, if that's your personality, give yourself to your work. And you just are working, working, working. Or if it's your personality to worry, you worry, worry, and you pull back and you become isolated. But God wants you to be free and he wants you just to take a moment just to breathe and enjoy your kids and enjoy your wife and enjoy your church and enjoy your community. Get on your motorcycle and just ride. Some of you are just like, man, I've been wanting a motorcycle. My wife won't let me. Just gave you permission. No, I'm just kidding. I don't even have that permission. But you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? That freedom, right? I mean, just sit there just like, I mean, how many of you, like there's just something in you. Like you're just like, I'm so full of God's love. And I'm just so excited about the things God's doing in my life. That like there's just a part of you. You just want to run and jump up in there in that pool just because you can, right? Full clothes on. And if you're just like, if I, dude, I, Ruben, do it. It's all right. Any moment you feel ready to do it. You just jump in that pool, man. Because that's what I'm talking about. So do it. So that's what I'm talking about. That's the life that God wants us to live. That we're just aware that he's present. And then we're free to live the life that he wants us to live. Do you know what I'm talking about? But you know, right, that sometimes it feels so different than that, doesn't it? It feels so contrary to that. It's so funny, the past three weeks we've been in James and it's not been anything that I planned. It's just God's been wrecking my world and I love as I've been going through this that if anything, God has been taking me through this because he was preaching this sermon to my soul. That he was preparing me for something that I didn't know that was there. That he wanted to speak to me and he wanted to speak to this church. And he wanted us to see and to remember and to know that he has come, that he has lived, that he's died and that he's risen again. He's in heaven and he's waiting for us. He's prepared for us. He's expecting us. He's ready for us to engage in this life that he's promised us. And that he wants us to know that we're his children, that we're God's sons and we're God's daughters, that he loves us, that as James says, we're his prized possession, that he cares for us, that he believes in us, that he hopes for us, that he has dreams for us, that he has thoughts for us, 
God wanted that word to be deep in my heart because I didn't even know what life had in front of me. And I'm just telling you, the season I've gone through, it's exactly what I've needed. And so I'm just going to tell you tonight, without telling you anything else, that I'm just so full of joy and passion and excitement. Because I'm just telling you, God is so faithful and he's so good. And there's just been so many moments over the past couple of weeks where God's like, that was for you, that was for you. And there's been moments that I've wanted to be a baby and I couldn't even be a baby. There's a moment where, there's moments where I could have done something. Everybody been like, yeah, it's just right for you to say that. You are absolutely justified in doing what exactly. But I couldn't even do it because I was just so aware of who I am and God. And I stepped into moments that were bigger than I could even imagine. And it's just, I'm telling you, that's the life that God wants you to live. He wants you to live a life where you're just so full that you could just literally just burst. And you could just, at any moment, you could do anything. You just, at any moment, you could just be like, oh, I'm just going to go buy this person's lunch. Oh, I'm just going to go and just walk around my office and encourage people. Oh, I'm just going to go love on my neighbor. Like, he just wants you so full of life that that's where you're at. I'm going to take a second just to, uh, I meant to do this before I even started, so I'm going to go ahead and do it now. But I just want to say, hey, thanks so much for Andy for being here tonight, playing guitar with us this is the first time. I always want to welcome people that come here and just share their gifts and bless us. So thank you for being here. Jeff, man, my friend Jeff, he's a part of the Newtown Church. Jeff was here last night. He helped us set up the baptismal. And uh, Jeff is, man, he is just so, he doesn't know us. I text him and all of a sudden he just says, I'm going to be there. Let's meet on this night. He's here. And then he comes in last night and he's just full of joy. He's talking to us. He just started like, instant, I got to pray for you guys. He's just ready. He was just full on present and saying, I just want to be engaged and involved in what God's doing in this moment. I was like, I was last night, Jeff, you challenged me. You challenged me and you encouraged me. And it was so much fun. And I'm just like, like that's exactly the life that God wants us to live. Eyes wide open to the fact that he's doing something and he wants us to be a part of it. And James, I'm going to be in James again tonight. just want to encourage us one more time in James. James chapter 1, verse 2. It says this, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way. It doesn't say if, it says When? It doesn't say they might. It says when troubles come. They're going to come. There's going to be moments when you want the best, when you want to believe with everything in you that God wants the best for you, and life is going to do everything it can to tell you that that's not true. The enemy is going to do everything it can to convince you that that is not true. That God wants what's best for you, and if he really wanted what's best for you, then you wouldn't have troubles. Everything would be fine. You would be walking through life happy, skipping, lucky, with a bank account that's full, with the best neighbors in the world, obedient children, and a head full of hair. And you're like, I don't see any of that. Right? When troubles come your way. The word troubles there, it's the same word that's used in verse 12. Troubles, it's temptations and trials. That there's going to be moments when you're tempted. There's going to be moments because of your personality or because of your emotions or because of your upbringing or because of your past or because of whatever it might be. That there's going to be moments when you're tempted. There's going to be moments when you're going to want to say certain things. You're going to want to respond a certain way. 
There's going to be moments when you're going to want to do certain things and you're going to be engaged in certain activities. There's going to be temptations that are going to come your way. There's going to be trouble that comes your way in the form of your desires. There's going to be trials. There's going to be things that you're doing everything right. You've been a good boy. You've been a good girl. You've woken up and you've prayed and you've read your Bible and you've been to church and you went to life group and you gave in the offering and you got baptized this week and all of this different stuff. And then all of a sudden, bam, life happens. There's going to be temptations. There's going to be trials. They're going to come your way. And I love how it just goes on in verse 2 and it says, consider it. An opportunity for great joy. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. I love what James is telling us in this verse here. What he's telling us is, is that when trials come our way, it's our choice to decide what it's going to do. It's our choice to decide how it's going to impact our lives. It's our choice to decide the result of what's going to happen because of the situation. He's telling us, listen, in that moment, you need to consider this as a great moment, as an opportunity to stand for God, to live for God. This is an incredible moment, but it takes you to be engaged, to be aware, and to be thoughtful of the things that are going on. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the Greek word here for consider because I can't even say the name of some of our cities correctly. But the word here for consider, some of you should have laughed really hard at that. You didn't, and that kind of hurts a little bit. But the word that's used here for consider, it's the word that is used when it's talking of people. You can see in 1 Timothy, you can see in many different passages where it's talking of people that are in a place of authority. And this word, what it means is, it means this, that there should be, when trouble comes your way, you should take authority of the situation. You should lead in that moment. That in that moment, you should take control of it, that you should lead your thoughts, you should lead your desires, you should lead your actions, that you don't succumb to those things and say, okay, this just happened, I'm going to feel this way. Okay, I'm on 64 and Waze has told me it's going to be three hours to get home, I'm going to respond, right? You lead yourself, you take control, and you go before. The second meaning is to lead, the second meaning is to go before. That you lead yourself, you say, this is a moment, I feel this, this is going on in my life, this is coming at me right now, I'm going to be aware of what's happening, this is an opportunity, and I'm going to lead myself, and I'm going to go before my father right now, I'm going to go to my dad, who has already taken everything, who has already promised me everything, who has already assured me victory, I'm going to go before him, I'm going to take myself there, and I'm going to allow this thing to be an opportunity to change me and grow me. I'm going to lead myself. It's the second, the sixth, to be, go before, to be a leader, and then check this out, to have authority over. Romans chapter 6, verse 6, it says this, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. 
Because Jesus died on the cross and you believe him to be the Lord of your life, you are free. You have a crazy thought come into your head and you're like, I'm just going to smack him right now. You don't have to. You can think it, but you don't have to submit to it, right? In a moment when you feel like you just got to let somebody know your mind and you got to tell them what for, I don't even know what that means, but that's what you got to do. And you're just going to be in that moment. You're going to say, hey, this is what I think. You don't have to submit to that. You can stop. You can lead yourself. You can go to God in that moment and say, this is an opportunity for me to see your victory in my life. This is a moment for me to declare myself to be free from sin. You've got a trial coming in your life. You've got things coming your way, people saying stuff about you, circumstances dictating one view of life. You can look at it and allow it to communicate to you defeat. You can allow it to discourage you, beat you up. You can allow it to humiliate you, or you can lead your yourself, you can stop and you can say, no, I'm going to go to the throne right now. And this is an opportunity for me to see that God is victorious, that he is in control, that he is sovereign, that he is just, that he's right. I'm not going to allow this thing to beat me up. I'm going to overcome it. It's an opportunity for great joy. Consider it in that moment. Be engaged. Be aware. You are free to be the person that God has created you to be. You are free. You do not have to give in to the things that have always tripped you up. You do not have to give in to the anger that's always held you down. You do not have to give in to the fear that has defined your life. You do not have to give in to the view of yourself that says you can't. You can do what he's called you to do because you're a child of God. And it's up to you in that moment. This is what life is saying to me. And you say, no, it's not. This is what God says of me. I'm considering what's going on, and I see what's happening here, it's a moment for me to say, but Jesus is on the throne, and I'm his, and I know that everything's going to work out. It's a moment to consider and have great joy. Isn't that awesome? In Ephesians chapter 4, I don't have this, so you don't have to worry about putting it up, but in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, this is how it tells us to do this. It says to throw it off. What are we throwing off? The views of ourselves, the past, the way we remember ourselves, the things that have tripped us up, all of those things. We throw those things off, and what do we do? We allow the Holy Spirit to renew our thoughts and renew our minds. So we got to step in that moment, take control, throw that stuff off, let it go, get it away. In Colossians, I love it, Colossians chapter 3 it says put it to death right slay some stuff in your life right right in a moment when you got something speaking against you man punch that thing in the mouth and slay it right Walk away from that situation and say, no, that is not the truth. The truth is the word of God. The truth is, is that I'm a child of God. The truth is, is that Jesus died on the cross. The truth is, is that I can do what he's called me to do and live the life he wants me to live for his glory. And nothing can hold me back. Nothing can break me down. Come on, are you guys excited about that? Put some stuff to death. In Ephesians, or in Colossians chapter uh, 3, verse 8 and 9, it tells us that we should uh, put some stuff there to get rid of. And in James chapter 1, verse 21, it says the same thing. Get rid of anger, get rid of lust, get rid of harmful speech, get rid of those things, right? 
So we need to, in those moments, take control of our lives, consider what's going on, take leadership of our lives, and go before the Lord, take authority of what's happening, and say, you have the ultimate authority. I'm going to get rid of some stuff. I'm going to kill some stuff. I'm going to throw some stuff away. But I'm going to go and say that's not who I am, and I'm going to let Jesus define who I am. Come on, you guys should be excited right now. It's good stuff. Verse... Can't tell I'm excited, can you? Any minute, my glasses are going to start fogging up. It's going to be great. By the way, I don't have a clock back there, so I'm just kidding. It says, for great joy. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. You ever have one of those moments where you do something and you're just like, I just did that. You ever have one of those moments where you're just like, I just did that. Don't you feel awesome after those moments, right? When somebody in the office is like, I can't do this. It's impossible. It just can't be done. And you walk up and it's like done in 30 seconds. You're like, boom, what? Right? You just feel awesome, right? It wasn't too long ago. It was uh, a couple years ago now. Michelle and I, we went on um, on an anniversary trip and we went out to uh, Crabtree Falls. And we were up there in Crabtree Falls and she loves the mountains. She loves waterfalls. And so we were up there and we were climbing up the mountain and it was, the path was, it was, I think it was two and a half miles or four miles, something like that. I don't know. One day I'm going to tell it it's going to be 12 miles, but whatever. So, you know, we were going up. It was like two and a half, four miles, somewhere in there. And the majority of it, especially the higher you got, was just covered with ice. I mean, there was, there's literally, there's moments where part of the tape, like as wide as the table was the path. And it was just a solid sheet of ice, at least six to 10 inches thick. And I mean, you stepped on it and you're just like, right? I mean, it's just like, what do we do? And so I was like, we're getting to the top of this mountain. Like, I mean, it's not like we're just going to get halfway. That's not going to happen, right? So we're going to get to the top of the mountain. So we're looking at people, and they're kind of, like, coming down. They're like, eh, we couldn't go any further. And I'm like, that's not us, right? Sorry that you gave up, but we're not quitters. And so I was just like, we're going to make it all the way up there. So Michelle, she's like, you know what we should do? She's like, we should just go off the path and look. I mean, like, that's not hard to climb right there. Like, we should just go up that, and then we can get back on the path. And if we need to, get off the path again. And so I was like, great, let's do it. She's a liar, and she has horrible perception. It was so hard. Like, we get off, and we're, like, climbing up, like, grabbing on the roots, and we're, like, pulling up on grass, and we're just like, are we going to make it? And we're just laughing at ourselves, and we're just, like, making fun of each other, and, like, what are we doing? And then it's like, there's these signs, like, we pass a sign in a spot that we're not supposed to be. Don't do this. Twelve people died last year doing this. And we're like, right? And we're just like, so then we go up, and we get on the path and we get to the top of the mountain we felt awesome like it was so amazing we get up there and we're looking at it It it's so beautiful and it was so amazing and nobody else was up there because they all quit and we're up there just like we made it we felt amazing about ourselves i completely forgot our lunch left it in the cabin we were all the way up at the top of the mountain planning to be on there had no food didn't even care right we're just like this is awesome i just felt so great about that moment come on the moments, the trials, the temptations that we walk through. He says, consider it great joy. Why? It's going to be tough. There's going to be moments when you're just like, I don't know how I'm going to make it. There's going to be moments when you're just like, I don't want to go through this. There's going to be moments where you say, what did you just stop? But I'm just telling you, you're going to get to the other side. Hold on. Hold faith. Believe you're going to get to the other side. And when you get to the other side, you're going to see God in a whole new way. 
When you get to the other side, you're going to see yourself in a whole new way. When you get to the other side, there's going to be a place inside of you that is new, that is full of life and bursting. And there's going to be a moment where you just get to look and you say, I did that. My God did that for me. And I'm telling you, it's amazing. There's nothing like it. That is a great moment. It's a moment of full joy. In 1 Peter chapter 1, he talks about the same thing. He says this in verse 3, says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we've been born again, because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with what? Great expectation. How do you have expectation? You see all that's in front of you. You consider all of the realities. What could happen, good, bad, ugly. You look at it and you consider it. And there's got to be a moment when you say, this might happen, I might fail, I might get hurt, I might get made fun of, I might. And you look at that and you say, who cares? Doing it anyways because I'm trusting God. You consider all of the things and you walk into life with an expectation that God is in control. It goes on in verse 4 and it says this. And we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive the salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. Verse 6 says this. So be truly glad. Truly glad. He's saying, come on, remember that you have life through Jesus. Remember that you have a hope because of Jesus. Remember that this life right now, God is in control of it. And when you live your life for God, that there's an eternity that you have. And when you remember that and you see that and you understand that, you can be truly glad. You know what that glad word there is? I'm not going to try to pronounce it because I told you I'm horrible at that stuff. But glad, it is a verb. It's a verb. You know what it means? It means this. I'm going to look at my notes because I can't remember. It means this. It means to rejoice exceedingly. It means to exult. It means to be exceedingly glad. It's a verb. It's to be engaged. It's to say, I know who God is. I know what he's done for me. I'm so aware of all that he's done. I see all the victories that I've come through, and I'm walking into the next trial. I'm walking into the next season. I'm walking into the next opportunity full of expectation, and I am glad. I'm exalting him. I'm praising him. I'm exceedingly glad. I am so just amazed and in awe of who he is that I trust him. And then he says this, there is wonderful joy ahead. You trust it, you believe it. Man, I see what's in front of me and I'm gonna be careful about what I say. I'm gonna be careful about what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take control of this in the sense, I'm gonna take control of me and how I'm perceiving this. I'm gonna go before him and I'm gonna trust him. And I know that in this moment, there's a reason for joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials, for a little while. First Peter chapter one, verse seven says, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. That doesn't sound fun, does it, right? It sounds beautiful and poetic, but what he's saying is you're gonna go through fire. It's fun grilling. I love the grill. Just did it recently. Keep your hand there too long. It hurts, it's stupid, it's hot. Fire's not fun, right? Pain's not fun. 
But there's a purification, there's a process. When you go through these trials, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. And isn't that awesome? We're going to be in his presence and we're going to be praising. We're going to be singing of him and his glory. He's going to be smiling over you. He's going to be doting over you. And he's going to be like, I love you. And you're going to be like, I love you. And you're both going to be happy tear crying because there's going to be happy tears, I believe, in heaven, right? Or I don't know. Maybe they just won't be ugly faces, ugly tear faces. But so you're up there and you're just excited. And you're just, man, it's just so awesome to think about what God's going to do and the life that he wants you to live. That's why James, he goes back into this in verse 3. James says the same thing. He says, listen, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Romans chapter 5, it says this in Romans chapter 5 and verse 3. It says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. The word endurance in all three of these, the word endurance, it means this, steadfastness. It means steadfastness. But the context in which it's used all throughout the New Testament, it's this. That it's a characteristic of a person who will not be swayed from his or her deliberate purpose. Endurance. You're living your life. I know who God is. I know who he's made me to be. I know he's made me to live this life for his glory. And I know that he's given me a distinct and unique purpose on how to live that out. And this trial is going to make me stronger. This temptation, I'm going to beat this thing. And I'm going to be better. This situation, it's not going to define me. I'm going to let God define me in this situation. And I'm going to be a light where no one else has been a light. That person that I work with and the way they speak to me, they don't have a voice in my life. But one day... God's going to give me a voice into their life. You will endure. You are not swayed. You are his child. You were loved by him. He gave everything for you. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. Next time you walk into something, next time there's a moment that's standing in front of you that seems difficult and possible, begin to smile because God's getting ready to do something amazing in your life. Worship team, if you'll come up. We're going to have a moment where we're going to partake in communion. This is not a moment where you have to be a member of our church. We just ask that there's a moment where you personally can say, I've made Jesus the Lord of my life, and I know him to be my Lord and Savior, and I know that myself, I'm a child of God, because he died for me. He made me whole and gave me the confidence to stand in his presence. There's a moment where that was true for you. And this is a moment for you to come to this table by yourself with your family to fill your heart again. To allow yourself just to say, God, you're so good. You didn't hold anything back. 
You're so faithful to worship him, to remember that he lived a perfect life so that you could know life. He died the death that you deserved so that you could breathe the spiritual life that he wants you to breathe, so that you could have the breath that he wants you to have, so that you could have the strength that he wants you to have to live the life that he wants you to live, that he's promised you to live. That's what he's made possible. And tonight, if you haven't had that moment, that moment hasn't been yours. Can I just tell you this tonight? God has you here on purpose. He has you here in this moment, not because somebody else invited you, not because of whatever your story is, but because God wanted you here in this moment so that you can see what you saw, experience what you experienced, heard what you heard, so that you can hear the God of the universe, the God that birthed the stars into existence say, I love you. You're my child. Stop letting everything else define you. Stop living a half-life. Stop walking around this place spiritually dead. Life, that's what I want you to have. Joy, peace, and it's yours tonight. You don't have to do anything crazy. All you have to say is, Jesus, I believe. Jesus, I believe. So as I get ready to pray, if that's you, just say it. If you say, I believe, and I want it, we got a baptism. You can make this whole thing do it. It just happened tonight. You can beat me to it and just go ahead and jump in, and you'll be good. Listen, God wants you to be engaged in the life that he has for you. Hold nothing back. Tonight, if you've allowed your trials and temptations to define you, if you allowed them to dictate to you brokenness and dissatisfaction, you walk up to this table tonight, you take that bread and you take that juice and you say no more, no more. I count those things as joy because God's gonna do something through that. God's gonna help me overcome that. And when I overcome that and I stand on top of that mountain, I'm gonna be alive. That's what he's got for you. Father, let it be. Father, capture our hearts again where each and every one of us is in this moment. No matter how close we are to you, no matter how far we are from you, your love for us is the same. Your desire for us is the same. You want us to be close to you. You want us to be in your presence. You want us to know your love. You want us to know your mercy and your grace. Father, draw us closer. Bring us in deeper. Lord, help us to look at this life and see your hand. See your sovereignty. See your control. See your goodness. God, help us to walk up to this table heavy and weary and burdened. And God, when we say, no, this is a moment that I can count as joy because you're my God. And the promise is true that you are there to lift my burdens, that your yoke is easy, that I can walk in strength and joy and peace. God, let the burdens fall tonight. Let freedom reign in this place tonight. Let Jesus be victorious in every heart, every home, and every life. May you be declared as the Lord and Savior that you are. Miracles tonight, breakthroughs tonight. Set your people free and let us live our lives for you and for your glory. In the name of Jesus.